This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Atlanta Enquirer podcast. It's going to be a little somber one uh, after... Illinois loses a basketball game, 70-69, to 69, which was painful, uh, but it wasn't as painful as watching Io DeSumo on the final play. I think it was a left knee. Um, nothing confirmed from Illinois yet. No real word on the severity of the injury, but obviously he went off the court, and it wasn't pretty. So Illinois loses a game and might have lost its best player. We'll have to wait for the official confirmation. Uh, Graham Couch, Lansing State Journal, just came up to us and said, Draymond Green suffered an injury on this court, looks severe, turned out to be really nothing. So we're hoping for that. I think everybody hopes for that. But this has short-term and long-term ramifications. It could uh, for Illinois basketball. Uh, Most importantly, it's amazing how much something can change with one play. Derek Piper, as we sit here looking out at this court, if Illinois gets a stop at the end of the game, uh, I would assume he was not sprinting down the court trying to to get a win or trying to get the winning shot. Instead, he has to, uh, and that causes the injury for Illinois. Just brutal. Just brutal to watch not only Illinois lose a game, but possibly its best player, uh, and that ends a three-game losing streak. That starts a three-game losing streak. This is going to be a really hard one to process for Illinois when you are, are down 20 very early in the second half and you look you look dead, dead in the water, and uh, you storm back, you take the lead. Iowa's layup with about five and a half to go, gives you the one-point lead, and it's back and forth down the stretch. You said it there. Uh, Michigan State's last possession, if you keep Cassius Winston from driving, I know he got by Trent. Kobe comes over to help, which is the right move. Allen could have and should have, instead of jumping on the other side for a block, should have put a body on Tillman. If you grab a rebound, obviously they're fouling, and, and that that play never happens. But it's a tough one, obviously, for Io, for everybody that, that watched that, because Io was in his element. He had the ball uh, late, another game to win. Uh, he, that's your closer, and uh, for him to go down like that, it, it's tough. It's tough to watch, and, and we obviously don't know, but you see the replay, and his leg definitely buckles, and then it gets caught up, and uh, it looks pretty ugly. Yeah, and, and you see the response of Underwood and the players and Tom Izzo, right? Like, I, I don't think Underwood comes into that press conference as somber as he was, and even he, as I asked a question about, who do you need to step up? What do you need out of Andres and Trent Frazier and everybody else if I was out? And he said, well, it could be a bruise. And I'm sure he's hoping that. But you could tell by his reaction, what he was saying on the radio, that, and what he told us, the game becomes secondary at that point, which is completely true. I mean, this loss in the grand scheme of things won't mean as much as a long-term loss of Io DeSumo on the court. So uh, it's just the reaction of the players, Derek. Um, Kofi looked pretty emotional. Andres is always pretty upbeat, even in losses. It's part of uh, what he does. But even those guys seemed like they were pretty emotional after that one. Yeah, Kofi for sure, uh, in particular, looked shaken a bit. Just uh, the way his eyes were just kind of staring off, and clearly, I was on his mind, and said that the only thing he can think about is, is praying for him and hoping that 
he can be the guy can heal him or, or that it can come out in, in a way that's not so serious that, that he's done for the year and 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 that's yeah as you mentioned that, that's all that, that anybody can can really think about it and brad approached it that way and said uh, it, it's about io and they don't really know where to go from here they, they mentioned you know trying to move on and uh, next man up but obviously that, that's all that that that's primary is that injury yeah i mean he's he's an all big 10 second team player most likely at this point and you know andres fleece is playing really well that's a good thing is you got another guy who can take it to the rim like that but trent frazier hasn't been himself had another poor night what do you end up with tonight derek he had 34 minutes ended up with four points four assists had three steals gotten some passing lanes and he was a plus three on the court tonight but just one for eight from the field if i was out he's gonna have to step up and then guys like Alan Griffin, Tevian Jones, Kipper Nichols are going to have to step up. We'll get into another huge negative from tonight, Derek, in the front court. But all those guards play more minutes, play a bigger role if Iowa is out for the long term. How do you see that playing uh, in a schedule here? Seven games left. They really need, if we're talking NCAA tournament again, they really need to get three of them uh, to, to guarantee to get in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I, I mean, life without Io, as far as what it means for your team, I mean, that's a that's your star, that's that's your your guy taking the most shots, and uh, he controls a lot as far as what you're running. You're, you're trying to run ball screens off of him and uh, be able to get some angles. They they threw it down to Kofi uh, on that last play before that to to get Kofi to the free throw line, and really. That's the guy you put the ball in his hands, and he opens things up for Kofi. Opens things up for Trent. Uh, so without him on the court, clearly, Andres Felice did some fantastic things going to the to the to the rim. Off I think the he bounce. had eight of Illinois' last ten points in that yeah. game. Yeah. Very good on the offensive glass as well. But uh, yeah, with lineups and everything, it, you hope that Tevian Jones is someone that continues to give you some minutes. Uh, we'll get into Georgie's struggles, but. Yeah, when you lose your your number one, uh, that changes a lot for a team that has been competing in the top tier of the Big Ten and now goes on the road to where it doesn't get easier. Yeah. I thought if at one point, Derek, if you can get out of this game where you're down 20 to Michigan State in the second half, win it, and figure out that you need to move on from Georgia Bashanishvili in your starting lineup, like I thought that would have been a major plus. Um, Finally, Brad Underwood pulled the parachute on Georgia after a one-for-seven first half, made a bunch of bad decisions, bad fouls, um, bad turnovers yet again, just forcing everything. It just feels like he's trying to do too much to claw back into this. feels like his emotion is way too high right now to where it's become a negative for him. He's hurting this team. He was a minus 19 in the plus-minus. The next lowest on the team was a minus 7, uh, and that was from, Te- was that Tevian or DeMonte Williams tonight? So, that, I mean, that tells you it wasn't just a fluky first-half thing. Georgie just wasn't good tonight, and he didn't help his team. But now with Iowa possibly out, Brad said tonight, we need him. They do. They need as many people as they can get. But right now, Georgie Bichonchville is just hurting him. When you're minus 19 in a one-point loss, your team's 18 points better when you're on the bench. And you, you can see why. There's a variety of, of examples there. And uh, in, in the second half, I think he comes back on the court to give Kofi a little bit of a, a break. And he's on the court for 34 seconds. Uh, a pass goes right by his face where his man, Kithier, gets a layup. Uh, and then at the other end, he sets another illegal screen. He had two of those. He got to travel. Uh, just some... 
some really poor decision making. Took some threes early that Michigan State was going to gift to him as far as attempts goes, but uh, his confidence doesn't look there, but he just continues to try to force the issue, and something needs to change, and I think that Brad made the right move, obviously, by seeing him on the bench for most of the second half, but based on how you're built, are you trusting Kipper a ton? Kipper only played four minutes and, and 20 seconds. Uh, Tev got in there. At this point, you might play Tev, though. Like I think you're to that point, and I didn't think we'd get to that point, Derek, where I don't trust Georgia in defense whatsoever. Uh, the focus is not there offensively, and I hate it because Georgia's so easy to root for, right? There's so much energy. Last year was fantastic. I think he can get back to that at some point, but right now he's not earning that trust. He, he's just hurting you on the court, so it's become a black hole there. And you saw it in the second half. He started checking in at like the 10 minute mark. And he's telling, Coach, I got you. Watch this. I'm going to be great. Like, and you can tell, like, he's trying to will himself that, but he's pumping himself up a little bit too much. Just grab some rebounds, pass the ball, get in the floor of the offense. It's kind of like what we talk about with freshmen all the time. He's got to kind of reset himself. Uh, and he hasn't been able to do that. And maybe going to the bench. We've seen it with some other teams. We've seen it with Illinois players in the past. Maybe that helps him reset to start things out, um, but maybe that makes him better, playing the five a little bit. He did get some good looks in the first half, uh, playing some of the five, um, but he's obviously struggling in both regards. So maybe this thing, maybe he needs to wake up. Even if he does everything well for you or in practice or whatever it is, in games he's just too spazzy right now for them. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's hard to try to change who he is because he was so great last year. He was so great for you. Um, But whether that means taking it more seriously or uh, trying not to have as much fun as he does, I I know that it was tough for him because you could hear when he checked in that the Orange Crush was like, not happy. It was like, oh God! And he turns around and he starts like trying to smile, or and the bench is like, no, George, you you gotta lock in and stay focused. And whether that's that's what has to happen. It has to be simple for him. It has to be a business-like approach. And uh, a lot of times it seems like he's maybe too much into the, the showmanship or the entertainment value of the game. It, it, he's a very talented player. He's shown that. Uh, just need to get back to, to what he was doing last year. He's better than this. Like he, yeah, He's better than this. I think he's going to at some point be better than this in his career. But he's got to take this as a learning experience. Listen, I would have been as a freshman loving all the attention that we were giving him, that fans were giving him. Um, but it wasn't given, right? Now Now you have to do it on a good team. You have to make winning plays with better players around you, and Kofi's awesome, okay? Like, and you need to get Kofi going a little bit more, and he hasn't been helping him uh, that much. Okay, there's some possible long-term things that I hate bringing up about this Ayo injury, but it's going on in my mind, and I'm sure it's going on in the minds of others. We'll talk about that next here on the On Choir Podcast. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. 
This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. All right, so Illinois, I would assume we don't know what the severity of the injury is. So this is all speculation at this point. I, I just want to say that if you don't like us as reporters, but this is what's going through our heads. What's going through Brad Underwood's head tonight? If they don't have Io DeSumo, is this going to be a bubble team? Oh, man. I mean, three straight losses. You're going two Rutgers. That's your best chance to win on this East Coast trip because Penn State is playing ridiculous right now. And Lamar Stevens, how do you match up with him? They're shooting the lights out as they did at Mackey tonight. I think this Rutgers game would be massive going into a Nebraska opponent that pushed Maryland tonight. Uh, Northwestern, you know, they pushed you here. And if you're without Io, that leaves you vulnerable. But those are winnable games and you have Indiana coming up but I kept saying get to 11 Big Ten wins you're in the NCAA tournament now sitting here at 8-5 and five, I didn't think I'd be sitting there going oh my gosh is that going to be a danger but without Iowa it's a possible danger yeah Rutgers is 16-0 at the rack this year 7-0 in Big Ten play Penn State's now reeled off seven in a row in league play after getting a big win at, at Purdue they're as hot as anybody really out there in college basketball right now for as far as the the road trip it's hard to see you winning both, and it would be the odds are going to be against you to win one without Io if that's the case. Uh, and and then all of a sudden you're looking at five straight losses, and anything can happen. Uh, I still think Illinois, even without Io, you'd like to think you can beat Nebraska. You'd like to think you can win on the road at Northwestern. You'd even like to think you can beat Indiana on your home floor. They're not three mores. Yeah. <laughs> Indiana is not good, but uh, as far as Iowa uh, and at Ohio State, the, those would be really really tough, but. Uh, the margin for error, or just the the margin in a lot of these games. Maryland barely beat Nebraska, so take a star off somebody's team, and it, it's up for debate there. I, I think I would lean towards Illinois still making the tournament, but it would put a lot of things in question. The other thing I think about after tonight is Iodasumu. Already this season, his draft stock had fallen. Right, even though he's gotten better in certain areas, uh, I think the allure of being a freshman showing such promise, um, and then this year his shot hasn't been as good. Maybe he hasn't been as efficient with his point scoring this year. But his stock had fallen uh, just because probably they got a better look at him this year. Um, now he has an injury, and if it's a severe injury, I hate that for the kid. But it's kind of whenever Illinois fans say "come back, come back for another year of school," that's why Myers Leonard went pro. Uh, Darren Williams was his top three pick, so everyone knew he was going to go pro, but that's why you go pro when you get a chance to go. Um, Wally Batiku, I thought he could have come back, but I don't blame a kid if he wants to take his best year ever, he knows what a down year can be, and try to profit off of it. Um, so I think I would assume he made the right decision. He made it for the right reasons coming back, but it's just another reason, Derek, why these guys go when they can go and know they're going to get drafted. Yeah, you said it right there uh, on multiple fronts as far as it seemed like he was doing it for the right reasons. Obviously, he wanted to raise his stock. He thought he could come back and be a first-round pick, but he said he's trying to get to Illinois to the tournament. Legacy mattered to him. Uh, and really, some of his struggles that he's gone through this season had that happened at the professional level. He would be in the G League, or I'm not saying he would, uh, you know, get if he got drafted in the second round, which was the projection. Mm-hmm. Probably a guaranteed two-year contract, and that's money in his pocket yeah. and uh, off on his professional dream. But that's why you hate it if it is a long-term, if it does. And, again, this is, we're all just speculating here, yeah. but uh, it's something that's on everybody's mind, and, and you hate it for him because he was coming back to, to do it for Illinois and do it for him and then go to the NBA. And then you think, does it lead to a third year here at Illinois, which 
Uh, I don't think it was his plan. I don't know if it'll be his plan regardless. And then you think, I don't have, you need you to comment on this, Derek. But it's like, well, what happens with Adam Miller? Whatever it happens, I think it'll all work out at the end. But uh, it's just a shame. It's just an absolute shame. Um, but I do think Illinois missed a huge opportunity these last two games. Uh, I don't think anybody thought they were really going to win two of them. Um, but you had a 29-15 lead over Maryland in the first half. You had a one-point lead late in the game after being down 20 and to walk out of here without a win with these crowds that were just so good. Uh, I think tonight, I, I leaned over to you, as Illinois was within five, I think, I said, if they win tonight, this is a crowd win. This is an absolute crowd win because they willed it. Illinois had no energy. And they get to within 10, like 15 at one point, and the crowd's going nuts because they're just like, come on, make this a game, make this a game. And they did. They gave Illinois a bunch of energy. Those uh, turnovers that turned into points were huge for them. Uh, and Michigan State couldn't handle it, especially with Cassius Winston sitting on the bench with four fouls. So I give the Illini crowd a huge kudos. Um, you were the reason they were in this game, I thought, tonight, and you gave this chance to stay in, uh, team a chance to stay in the Big Ten race. Absolutely. Yeah, you – you went to school here. You you covered Illinois for a long time. I grew up in Champaign. This is as electric as it, it's ever been, really, in that, that last stretch of the second half. And it had the orange out and the, the orange glow sticks in the pregame. I mean, it was it was awesome. It's a high row. Super high like level. Burning man here. And it just felt like they just were begging just for a game, just to be yes. in it. Something to, to cheer about uh, with the sellout crowd. And you gave – Illinois gave, and the crowd really willed Illinois back in the situation to, to give Michigan State a run for their money. And if Iowa doesn't fall, maybe puts the ball through the nets. And we're talking about a team that's still in the Big Ten child chase. You gave Darren Williams a show, too. You know, he's, got, he's got to be pretty you – know, he had to be given so much grief when he was in the pros. Right, because Illinois was not making the tournament very much, and you know, he's making millions of dollars. But they were in the, the Final Four NCAA championship game when he was here. I know he's been here back here before, but for that game, that comeback to happen had to excite him a little bit. His daughter's considering going here. I guess he dragged her here, but she's considering it uh, to come here. Um, that was nice that he got a little bit of a show that his program could be coming back, and he had to be impressed by this arena. Illinois basketball at least is on the uptick, even if I would assume it was injured. And it was good for D. Will to see that. Yeah, you hear Izzo in the post game saying it's an unbelievable job what Brad has done, uh, and to have the turnaround in, in three years to have Illinois in this type of a game is is saying a lot. And obviously, that's to be in a game like that is what gets a Darren Williams back on your campus. And I'm sure maybe he was questioning his decision when Illinois was down 20 uh, early in the second half, but uh, that's the Illinois that he probably remembers. And as far as obviously, <laughs> that was an impeccable team, but just the environment that's what he remembers. Man, he was such a player. <laughs> he was so good. I remember I was a high school senior. I was on vacation in Florida, Derek, about to get on a cruise boat. And we were watching that Elite Eight game. And when he made that three to tie the game, I said, go pro. Go. You got nothing else to give us. Go pro. Uh, he ends up going one pick in front of Chris Paul. And for a long time, he was better than Chris Paul in the NBA a couple of years. I that argument <laughs> yeah. here in Champaign. I, I was sticking to it. Yeah, he was better than Chris Paul for a while. What, what a great fit he was with, give me that, Carlos Boozer and Jerry Sloan, at least for a while before that ended pretty ugly. But um, just a phenomenal player. And that was, the mo I mean, that was the moment. I mean, there's no other Darren Williams moment. There's plenty of them. But that's the moment people always remember. And I just remember going, okay, I would have liked him back for another year with D and Augie, but no way. No way that kid should come back for another year after what he just did. Again, you saw tonight what happens, the risk you run if you come back. Yeah. 
and that's the somber part of it. That's the thing that sucks about it. But, uh, yeah, Darren's a, uh, an Illini great, and it was great to have him back uh, in the house. But we'll see. We'll see where Illinois goes from here. Trent Frazier definitely has to step up. Now a lot more on his shoulder. I know not to the extent of when he was a freshman, but uh, he's got to play a lot better, and now he's got to be able to go out and get his shot. Uh, but, man, it's yeah, it's hard. That, that, that's a tough game. Yeah, Trent's got to get back and maybe – being the man uh, for this team now will do it. He's got to be. Andres is obviously comfortable in that role. But that's a big question moving forward is how severe is this injury? Illinois will send out a release. Uh, I'm guessing either tomorrow or after an MRI, maybe some swelling has to go down, or maybe it's fine. Uh, maybe maybe it'll be fine. Hopefully it is for Iodesumu because he's such a hard worker, Derek. Um, and I don't want to eulogize Iodesumu yeah, <laughs> right. tonight. It felt like sometimes in the post game, you know, somebody was asking Kofi about what he loves about Iod, and I'm like, he didn't die, yeah, right. um, but. You know, a little part of us died even just watching that, seeing Ayo Desumu go down because it's just painful. It's a kid who worked so hard, came back, like we said, for the right reasons, uh, and really for a lot of Illinois. It was really almost an unselfish decision for Ayo Desumu. So uh, hopefully they, they can bounce back. He can bounce back pretty quickly. Hopefully it's a sprain or something like that. Uh, but Derek, you're heading out to the East Coast. If Illinois gets one of them, you got to feel pretty dang good, right? It'd be huge. It, it would be huge. Obviously, a, a quad one win at either place. Uh, if you're able to pull that, uh, you're still probably in the range. Again, uh, we'll see long-term effects with IO, but uh, get one of those, and, and maybe you're still in the conversation for a five, six seed, something that puts you in the in position to potentially get a double buy in the Big Ten tournament uh, and set you up. Uh, to be playing for a lot down the stretch, but one would be really, really big and one of the better wins on your resume. I know Illinois doesn't have a lot of like huge wins in people's minds, but they have three road wins. They're all quad one wins. Rutgers and Michigan are right on the edge of being a quad one win. They're a quad two, and I think they're 32 and 31 or something like that. So if those teams continue to win down the stretch here a little bit, as long as Illinois beats them at Rutgers, um, those, and that's going to be a quad one win regardless because that's a top 75 road win. But if Illinois gets those, I mean, all of a sudden, Derek, even with 10 wins on your schedule, if you get two more quality quad one wins, Illinois is sitting in a pretty dang good position. When you look at this bubble, and I hate talking about that, like it's going to happen, but Illinois' resume still has a lot of chances to get better, and that's what the Big Ten gives you. Yeah, for sure. I think they went into tonight having – it teeters back and forth, like you said, four or five quad one wins could at the end of the day end up with – well, just the ones you've had right now, and if you go get another one, that's like seven, and uh, at Ohio State would be one. Uh, Iowa here would be one. So uh, a lot of opportunities, still two blemishes with the Missouri and Miami, but uh, the Big Ten provides you the opportunity, and so far Illinois has done a really good job of taking advantage of that. Could have done so to a further extent with a win against Maryland or Michigan State, but that's why right now you're seeing them five-seed, four-seed, uh, and have an opportunity to still be in that conversation. We were 6.6 seconds away from just a phenomenal moment in Illinois basketball history. Now we're sitting here talking uh, at 11.51 p.m. about a somber moment, one of the most somber moments in Illinois basketball history. We'll see how Iowa DeSumo is. Uh, we'll see how Illinois basketball bounces back from this loss and the potential loss of Iowa DeSumo. And we'll talk about whenever anything happens on Iowa, maybe Derek and I will get on an emergency podcast and, and talk about it. But a somber night for Illinois basketball, not fun to cover, but there were some great moments in this, and the uh, Orange Crush and the Illinois crowd certainly brought it. Illinois heads on the East Coast, so does Derek Piper. they got Rutgers coming up this weekend and Penn State just a couple days after that. And we'll cover it here, right here on the Illinois Choir Podcast.